0: Hello to all you beautiful, sweaty marks out there. This is episode 7 of Snapdragon Duplex. It is the 8th of February today. I'm Mikey Mac. Uh, Randy Phil will be joining us again, pre-recorded from the North Sea. Uh, This week we're covering the AEW Beach Bash, or the Beach Break, I think it's called. Uh, Randy is home next week, and we'll both be home! fucking hallelujah so we're going to be doing a big bumper episode next week uh, all about the royal rumble and the road to wrestlemania and we're going to be kind of giving our own takes on what we think is going to happen at wrestlemania we'll both be live together for the first time in weeks and i can't fucking wait but um for now
1: let me take you to our boy randy hello mikey hello trips and hello shaggers <laughs> We're back again for another week of AEW coverage. And this week it's the beach break, so let's just fucking kick it off. And first up we've got the Battle Royal. And Jurassic Express making their way to the ring with that absolutely banging theme tune that we all love. Luchasaurus still has no horns, doesn't even have baby (laughs) horns, doesn't have his old horns taped on. This is already starting off as a disappointing show for myself. (laughs) I am raging. The Young Bucks are the last ones out, and they kick the fucking match off in good style by both doing a dive off either side of the stage and just wiping out everybody in the match. First time that I've seen the Battle Royal competitors make their way to the ring, then stand on the outside waiting for the match to start. There was a lot happening during this match. I was fucking lost all over. You had teams, tag teams, teams within teams, teams outside the teams, cunts tagging together just because the fact they hate other cunts. Mm. But there was one spot that I absolutely loved. Hager was stood on the ring apron and Stuart Grayson goes to do a sunset flip powerbomb to Jake Hager on the outside of the ring, but Hager holds onto the ropes. Stuart Grayson manages to keep himself supported up without touching the ground. A lot of strength for both boys there. Really strong boys. Stuart Grayson manages to eventually pull himself back onto the apron and into the ring. Where the rest of the Dark Order, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, I think he was there. He might have been fucked out already. Evil and O, Stuart Grayson, they just get Jake Hager out. He's the big threat of the inner circle. He's gone, he's out. And it's fair game for the run. Throughout the match though, you notice MJF, he's just fucking hiding down the corner. Doing what everybody should be doing. Mm-hmm. The announcers acknowledge that MJF is lying in the corner. Nobody was touching him, nobody beat him down. He just thought, why the fuck am I going to make myself a target? I'll hide out down here, yeah. let the other mugs do the work, and I'll do the clean-up. It's a valid tactic. Anybody could do it. Everybody should do it. WWE just had a Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. and none of the fucking idiots thought of that idea. <laughs> what they did think of is, I'll hide on the outside, but then you make a big song and dance about coming back. Uh-huh. Unless you're Randy Orton, where you just fucking hobble off, then come <laughs> out and hit an RKO out of nowhere. Fucking awesome. and still lose the match you <laughs> fucking idiot but we'll catch that later on on another show and now i'm going to look like a right dick here because i can't remember who the final person that was eliminated was i just remember they went for a springboard something or another and jericho lands on with a judas effect and eliminates him and it looked rough as fuck mm-hmm. but your winners of the match and the new number one contenders for the young bucks at revolution MGF and Jericho. I thought it was a good match. It's building more tension, more drama within our circle. And Mikey, you called this match fucking spot on. Winners MGF and Jericho. How are you feeling about your prediction there?
0: Um I'm kinda happy. I mean I'm happy I got it right, but I didn't have any money on it, so it's fucking it doesn't matter, do you know what I mean? Uh the Malibu Stacys won. The last person eliminated that you forgot about was Darius Martin from Top Flight who put on a fucking great show. I've, I've got loads of spots written down, but, I mean, like, you you, you went through most of them. It, it was it was good. It was big stromash. I love a stromash, as I'm sure you all know. One thing that I did mention or wrote down was they got Sammy Hager to do a cameo video for Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager, so Sammy Hager, and I was just thinking, that must be one of the fucking weirdest things that Tony Khan has ever had to buy. But there you go. Also, the acclaimed... I still love their entrance with the rapping. The Lil Louis Vera reference that they had, uh, that's the cunt who got the $25 million diamond implanted on his forehead and he looks like fucking Vision out of Marvel. Does he suit it? Does he fuck? He just looks like an idiot. But then again, if I could afford a $25 million diamond, I don't know where I'd put it. Answers on a postcard. Good match overall. At the end of it, Sammy was raging. MGF was buzzing and Wardlow was present.
1: Kind of looking forward to seeing how this goes on. Tony is in the ring and he's waiting to be joined by the Hoodlums, aka Sting and Darby Allen. I don't know what more they're wanting to do with us. I don't know if they're wanting to tell us for two weeks in a row now that they've accepted the street fight. <laughs> what they do tell us is next week we're going to have a TNT title match. Darby Allen versus Joey Janela. And of course Team Taz interrupt him. They're on the big screen talking trash as usual saying that they're locked out the building. If they're locked out the building why is Brian Cage not wearing a shirt? <laughs> I wrote why this. Why is he not wearing a mask? I don't think them are wearing masks. But why is he not wearing a shirt? Is he just like cutting about the streets at night with no shirt on? That could give me the fear. I don't want to get in a street fight with that mad bastard. <laughs> and if they're locked out how does Taz have a microphone? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So Sting says that he's going to be in Derby Allen's corner next week against Joey Janella to make it a one on one match. But if Sting's there isn't they've got to make it a two on one. Fucking hell, man. He's getting old. Someday someday help that poor old bastard. <laughs> what do you reckon, Mikey, do you want to give us your thoughts on that or will we cover it later on? Ah, uh, I'll say a couple of things, I
0: guess. I mean, I'm getting a bit
1: fed up with the whole spooky
0: skeleton skateboarder Darby and his weird stepdad kind of standing up for him all the time. It's like, I thought Darby's gimmick was that he was this... Even though he was this wee wiry cunt, that was his gimmick. He's wiry, you couldn't beat him up, he was scared of nothing, he'll do anything. Why does he need Sting? Because there's five of the cunts. But they're not even allowed in. Why doesn't he have a shirt on? I don't know. But the thing I don't understand is why Taz is, like... I don't get why we're not allowed in. All we did was beat up some fucking minimum wage making civilians last week. All we did was break the law last week. So I don't know why we're not allowed in. But then I guess they didn't punish Darby and Sting for breaking the law when they were smashing windows last week. So I don't know. I don't know how Tony Khan decides what laws are good and what laws are bad. But I'm starting to feel like they need to split these cunts up. Not Team Taz. I like Team Taz. They need to split up Darby and Sting. But I don't know what they'll do with Sting. If they do, I just don't think he needs them. I don't think he needed this... He doesn't need a stepdad to step in and stand up for him. That was his gimmick, was that he was this guy who didn't need any help. He was a lone wolf kind of thing. It feels awkward. I feel like they've just gone. He's got he's got face paint. Sting has face paint. Thunder Rosa has face paint. You see where I'm going with this? And it's just not working. Next up was Thunder Rosa... The NWA Women's Champion versus
1: Britt Baker. What did you make of this, Randy? I liked this match. I liked that Thunder Rosa came in hard and heavy for the start, tried to jump Britt Baker. Britt somehow got the upper hand for the start and tried to lock in the lockjaw submission, try and get a quick, easy match, but no such luck. Thunder Rosa rolls back and goes for her own pin attempt to reverse the lockjaw. Brick Baker kicks out of the pin attempt But has to break the submission As a result of that And the match is underway There was a couple of hard hitting spots here At Thunder Rosa has a fucking devastating Death Valley driver yeah. And it looks fucking worse when she's doing it out In the entrance ramp Mate, but I'm trying to keep this short and sweet Towards the end of the match Thunder Rosa's got the upper hand until Rebel enters the ring Starts taking off the middle turnbuckle padding Thunder Rosa doesn't fucking like that very much, so she goes after her, goes to kick her out. Britt Baker, being the sly fox that she is, (laughs) grabs Thunder Rosa, smashes her face into the exposed steel, and then I thought it was going to be a pin, but Mm no, for insult and injury, she gives her the fucking locked jaw. Thunder Rosa doesn't tap out, the referee calls for a match stoppage, but there you go, winner of the match, by ref stoppage, Britt Baker. So, going into this match, Britt Baker was ranked at number three in the women's ranking, Thunder Rosa was ranked at number four. So, I'm guessing Britt Baker will be the number one contender now, although we do have a women's AEW champion mm-hmm. tournament qualifier or something or another. We can cover that at a later stage, unless maybe you have a early pick, Mikey. Top of my head, I'll go with Nyla Rose. So Mikey, what did you make of the match? Have you got a pick for the women's tournament that's coming up in a few weeks' time?
0: I actually really liked this match. I, I, it was a really good result. The right person won. Called it, by the way. A really good match. I'm a bit gutted it wasn't for the NWA belt. I thought it was. So my idea of that is gone, which is a bit of a shame. But it is what it is. It was a really good match. I've got high hopes for this feud going forward. There's no way this feud's over. Not if you cheat to win. And I've got high hopes for what they do with the division. I think Britt's the star of the division. And if she's in that tournament, she has to win. If you let her cheat to win, let her win by heelish antics. But whatever you do, Britt Baker should have the belt sooner rather than later. Because it's getting a bit stale now. So that's the way to do it. Go off of this fucking momentum. So that's my shout. Good match.
1: Real like Britt Baker. She needs the belt, or she needs a belt. We're flashing back to last week now, and we've got creepy Uncle Matt. Nope, big money Matt, with a hangman Adam Page in his dressing room, (laughs) letting the young boy get changed. No strings attached. No strings attached, so he said. Although this week now we have a tag team match. Mickey, we've got a tag team match. Matt Hardy, hangman Adam Page against Mm Serpentico. And Luther. <laughs> it's Luther, Mikey. We've got fucking Luther again this week. I thought maybe we could have hid him in the tag team battle oh, royal yes. put him away somewhere, hide him in a corner, let him do an MGF. Nah, no, we've <laughs> we've got him here. We've got him in this match, so we'll just rattle through it. Whenever Hangman's mate needs way to the ring, his nameplate pops up and it lets us know that he's lost four hundred dollars playing with stocks this week. That could have been me, brother. (laughs) I thought it would have been funny if Matt Hardy came out and his nameplate said that he was up $400 for playing with the stocks, (laughs) But no, it just lets us know that he's a fucking manager for Private Party and they've won the last four out of their five matches, which is good for them Mm. going into their Impact Tag Team title match against the Good Brothers probably later on this month, I'm reckoning. Fuck knows. Right, okay. Right, so the match. We're about halfway into the match. And for whatever reason... Luther thinks it's a good idea to tag his partner in, throw his partner into the opponent who's in the corner, and then immediately run after his partner and sandwich Serpentico between himself and Adam Page, I think it was. So, you've just fucked up Serpentico, who you've just tagged in. You've fucked him up. What do you do then? You pick him up and you slam him onto Adam Page. And it didn't even look like a good tag team slam. It was more like he picked him up and just dropped him on him. So he just fucking squashed his own boy and then dropped him on Adam Page. Was he expecting a fucking win out of that? Fucking idiot. I mean this guy. That is fucking Luther. He must just be doing it to pop the boys at this point and see what kind of shit he can get away with this week. Tried to go for a running cannonball off the apron. Slow as fuck. And... Adam Page just done the spot that you like that Samojo does when he just sidesteps him. Looks at him (laughs) and thinks what a fucking idiot. (laughs) And for the finish of the match anyway we get Adam Page doing his fucking buckshot lariat or Serpentico and Matt Hardy being the fucking tag team expert that he has tagged himself in and went for the pin because he knows that nobody is getting up off a buckshot lariat Mm -hmm. and Adam Page was taking his time. So you can't get fucking angry with him for that. Adam Page looked as though he was a wee bit upset, but he quickly got over it when he realised a win is a win, baby. Mm-hmm. So, Monkey Man, Mickey Mac, what mad shit did Luther do that popped you this mm. week? Did you put any money on Wall Street bets on the game Stock? <laughs> Are you up $400? Oh,
0: man, I could have got in so early on that fucking Wall Street bets. I was looking at it like about a month ago and thought it was just never going to happen. But here we are, and I've got absolute FOMO. But yeah, friend of the show, Luther. I knew this match would always split the duplex. He's your man, he's not mine. Uh, I'm really sorry for your loss here, Randy. But Luther will rise again, and he'll be back next week, I'm sure, in another fucking showcase match to show his many talents. Excalibur at one point said, There's nobody quite like Chaos Project, and I said thank fuck. Yeah, the buckshot lariat finish. Matt Hardy tags himself in and steals the kill. The dirty, stream sniping bastard. Other than that, mate, you covered it all. Fucking Luther, man. I'm actually starting. I'm starting to get entertained. Every time he walks out, I'm like, oh, yes, here we go. (laughs) That's more because he just provides us with so much good fucking content.
1: Nothing else to say on this we backstage and MJF and Jericho are wanting to have a little celebration. But Sammy wasn't looking too happy about the outcome of the match, even though he was the one that went to fucking attack MJF halfway through it. So, salty Sammy runs off in a little cream puff. Jericho goes after him to try and calm him down. As soon as Jericho leaves, MGF wants a word with the boys. Mm-hmm. What's that word? We don't know. Because MJF had his employee big wanker Wardlow kick the cameraman out and close the door so maybe we'll find out some other time interesting you got any thoughts here mate you think he's wanting a word about Sammy you think he's wanting a word about Jericho where's it going from here man you tell me
0: I feel like it's got to be Jericho but I don't know I'm I'm enjoying it as soon as he closed the door I was like interesting always pop for a little bit of the bubbly but other than that man yeah it's cool they're just kind of Dragging it out in a good way. We don't need to know everything every week. A lesson that Vince McMahon could
1: maybe learn. And finally, after weeks, after months of waiting, we've got the wedding. Did you notice who the officiator was for the wedding? Mm-hmm. Whatever the fuck you want to call him, the official. <laughs> Do you know who the official was for their wedding? James Mitchell. That was the cunt that was uh, managing Abyss during TNA, Mm -hmm. the guy with the fucking best eyebrows in the world.
0: Merciless Ming.
1: I think I realised what it is that annoys me about Kip Sabian. One, he is the handsomest bastard I may ever have seen. (laughs) And two, the accent. (sighs) That fucking accent, man. (laughs) I was enjoying the wedding. It appeared as though James Mitchell just didn't give a fuck. He was coming out with creepy old uncle patter, and I was loving it. (laughs) We get to the part of the wedding. If anyone objects, they may speak now, or forever hold their peace. Miro doesn't even let that happen. He's had experiences here before. (laughs) He had the Lana Lashley wedding, and he knew we don't want any lesbians showing up here. (laughs) And that just made me think. I want to see more Lana and Liv Morgan. Standard WWE storytelling cock-blocking is they bastards (laughs) it turns out Miro has a bit of paranoia when it comes to weddings because Chuck Taylor bought the couple a lovely wedding present Mm -hmm. biggest box in the ring Miro wasn't even having any it just went straight after the box to beat shit out it what a mad bastard he is Mm -hmm. he attacks the box and then he makes Charles fucking clean it up (laughs) he's just getting his money's worth out the butler now isn't he So Charles being a good butler goes and does that. Cleans up all the mess. Then they go for the cake. And who's in the cake? No other than fucking Orange Cassidy. Uh, Yes. This was another great call by yourself, Mikey. Two for two. Two for two, mate. Three. Miro, the big raging hulky bastard that he is, goes to go after him. And then we see that he's fucking handcuffed. Ankle cuffed? Cuffed, cuffed. To the ring. By Charles the butler so there we go I've got more fucking hassle between the four of these boys and the beautiful Penelope Ford but what what does this mean now what does it all mean Mikey they've had the wedding it's official is Charles Chuck Taylor off the hook is he the butler anymore is he the bitch is he the young boy or is he the best friend what do you make of it Mikey
0: um, it was quite forgettable wasn't it They had Vicky Guerrero walking Kip down the aisle, which made me laugh. And then they had fucking Jerry Lynn, of all people, walking Penelope down the aisle. Again, I started laughing. And then it was the fucking sinister minister from ECW as the, I don't know, the satanic minister. He looks like, I don't know if you know the cunt who's the head of the satanic church, that Anton LaVey, whatever he's called, who himself looks like Merciless Ming. So he just looked like a fucking evil bastard and it was yeah it was good i like that sleazy wedding for sleazy cunts also did you notice fucking miro's drip the man looked like a fucking sexy genie it was brilliant another moment so you have the present moment right and who's in the box is it sting is it rusev no it's nothing and that leads miro to start singing what is love with the crowd which was great But what the fuck? I kind of feel like they gave so much time to this segment for nothing to really happen. It didn't really push the storyline any further, other than Orange Cassidy got to cake smash Penelope Ford. But we had a cake smash spot with your man Luther. Was it last week or the week before? I don't know. I mean, are they going to smash someone's face into a cake next week? If so, who? My money's on Snoop Doggy Dog.
1: Okay, we're back. We've got the big announcement. Wednesday, March the 3rd, it's happening, it's Randy Phil's 29th birthday, (laughs) Uh, and as well we've got the Shaq, Jade Cargill versus That Cunt Cody in Red Velvet, so Shaq, do me a massive favour here, massive birthday present for me, (laughs) beat Cody Rhodes on March the 3rd, go on to Revolution on March the 7th. One-on-one against Snoop Dogg (laughs) and become the new number one contender for the AEW title. I want it. Mikey doesn't want it. Mikey wants Snoop because he's a hater. (laughs) But do it for your boy Randy Phil.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I've got nothing to say. I've got
1: nothing to say. I'm speechless. All right, so we thought we started with a clusterfuck, but no. The main clusterfuck of the night is Lance Archer. Versus Eddie Kingston in a lumberjack match. Right now, Mikey, know how we've got the global pandemic ongoing. Know that it's not getting any better. Know how there's limited vaccines. We're under lockdown. We need to keep a two metre distance when possible and wear our masks. None of that applies if we have a lumberjack match. (laughs) So, what I say we do tweet Nicola Sturgeon, tweet Boris Johnson just get them to announce a Lumberjack and a Lumberjill match all throughout the UK <laughs> and coronavirus won't fuck us up sorted, we can just go about our fucking normal days <laughs> fuck me, a lot happened in this match though, even Jake the Snake got physically involved he wiped out Jack Evans of TH2, we had a lot of guys round about ringside, we had Adolf's brother B-Dolf, the Hollywood <laughs> hunk, Ziggles Jr we had the gun club and i think billy gunn may be the only person that knows the rules of a lumberjack match cause there was a point where eddie kingston gets through outside billy gunn being a sound cunt just mm-hmm. picks him up and throws him back in the ring but for some reason that pisses off eddie and he runs back out again into the middle of the lumberjacks and gets his fucking head kicked in <laughs> moron i mean a lot happened during this match the Butcher and Blade just pulled out Lance Archer for the sake of pulling him out and giving him a beat down. Mm-hmm. The Bunny got involved, she so jumped in the ring at one point, jumped on Lance Archer's back. And Eddie Kingston was distracting the referee to allow the Blade to come into the ring, set up a table in this alleged no-DQ match. If it was a no-DQ, why was he distracting the referee? It fucking, it just, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's happening with it maybe you want to touch on it more, but it was just too much of a fuck for me to pay that much attention. What day I know? I know that Lance Archer wins with the blackout. Clean win, just as we thought. To be fair, I'm I'm giving the match a lot of grief, but it was fun to watch. I did enjoy it. But yes, if we've no vaccines by the time summer comes round, let's just fucking announce a lumberjack match in Scotland. What did you think of the match, Mikey?
0: It was a good match. It was... Daft. It was. It was like you said. It was all dumb, and it was all about the heels battering Lance and the faces battering Eddie. And I, uh, dolph was there, and I was happy about that. There was a lot of like big dives over onto all the lumberjacks it had all these kind of like standard spots. One spot I liked was Jake the Snake decides to absolutely lamp Angelico, and as soon as he does, he fucking falls over Angelico and flops down on the ground like a fucking granddad. And I was. It was. It was quite funny, it ruined the spot, but yeah, it made it all very entertaining. By the way, at one point, these two cunts come in and start battering the butcher and the blade, and the announcers called them Bear and Boulder. I'm like, who the fuck are Bear and Boulder? So maybe we'll see more of them, maybe they're trying to, like, work their way off of Dark. I should probably start watching Dark. I mean, I think people listen to this with the question, who the fuck are Bear and Boulder, and I'm supposed to know the answer, but I'm the one who's going like, I don't know either. Uh, Lance Archer won with the blackout which is a great finisher for a massive cunt and I've totally done a full 180 on Archer I thought he was a gimp when he first debuted I don't like the hair not like his stuff I hated the kind of I don't know big psycho I'm like oh this is so boring I like Jake the Snake's promos because I like Jake the Snake but then now he's a great face he just he has a face a faces moveset and it works.
1: So we're catching up with FTR. They've been suspended this week. They were pulled out the tag team battle royal match for their antics last week. Apparently you can't bring a big bag of cocaine to work with you. <laughs> but, I mean, these boys, they're just living the old school style wrestling gimmick here, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be taking a bit too far whenever you're bringing a big bag of coke and throwing it into a dinosaur's face
0: (laughs) it's like a bunga bunga party
1: but at least the undertaker he won't be hating on them they're just keeping it real they're paying their respects to the wrestlers of (laughs) yesteryear and it looks like they're going to have their own session of wrestlers court because they've got a tied up marco stunt with Mm -hmm. them it's either going to be a wrestlers court situation or they're gonna give him a big bag of cocaine. Either way, I want to see more of this next week.
0: Yeah. Um the only thing I the only thing I've got to say is presumably they lured Marco Stunt in with a line of sweeties as he followed it, and they had a box held up by a stick and they just pulled it out and trapped him. So we had a Joey
1: Janella promo and all I wrote was BORING. And it's time for the main event, baby. It's the Starfish Island Boys, I guess, we'll need to give them a name because AEW won't, they've just (laughs) announced them as Kenny Omega, Carol Anderson and Doc Gallos. We've got the nickname sorted for them, it's the Starfish Island Boys with Don Callis. But, (laughs) fucking, how come last week he went for a big fuck-off bandage to this week where he has no marks of a black eye whatsoever? (laughs) <laughs> this guy has got the fucking weirdest healing abilities of all time From degradation to insta-heal Fucking hacks, mate Hacks <laughs> So yeah, we've got these three bitches Going up against Phoenix, Pack And Jan Muxley <laughs> And you need to admit it, Mikey We've all said his name like that before We do it in the shower. It feels good. It sounds right. At this match, it was just a fucking great match. You could put either guy from either side mm-hmm. one-on-one with another guy from the other side, and you would get fucking... How many single matches would you get that would just be phenomenal? A lot. I can't do that kind of math. It's fucking 9 o'clock at night now for me. Would it be nine matches? Let's just say it would be nine matches. That's like how much potential AEW here have with... The roster now because the wwe they're oversaturated but they just fucking run the same things week in and week out i'm not gonna get into it aw've just got a fucking a good thing going here keep up the good work everybody was just looking fucking so good in the match a couple of good spots was fucking packing phoenix doing a double moonsault to the outside and again phoenix with his fucking tope on hero And one of these days, he's Mm -hmm. got to miss that fucking move. He's got to fly over his opponent. He's got to end up across the barricade. He's got to hurt his cell or somebody else. Hopefully it doesn't happen. And hopefully it definitely doesn't happen when we've got proper crowds back again. We get to the end of the match whenever fucking Mm -hmm. Gallows and Anderson hit the fucking magic killer on Ray Phoenix. And they get the win. Made it look easy in the end just like I said, you don't fucking bring in your outside guys and let them get pumped week in and week out you build a bit of interest in it and that's what AEW's doing here and that's how AEW finishes the night, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the match, we get our usual clusterfuck ending Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers are celebrating until Lance Archer appears to wipe them out takes out the Good Brothers, which leaves John Moxley with Kenny Omega moxley's tease and another paradigm shift and then he's jumped by kenta also known as hideo Itami of nxt mm-hmm. and kenta he's not fucking mm-hmm. AEW. he's not even impact oh no he's fucking new japan i think Yeah. that's where john moxley's got the u.s title for the promotion and kenta yep. has the briefcase to challenge john moxley as a number one contender I don't think it's the usual Uh WWE cash in at any point. I think it is just Kenta is the number one contender. Mm -hmm. And he's letting John Moxley know you want to come to New Japan, mate. That's fucking fine. I'll come to Mm -hmm. AEW and beat your ass down. But anyway, Mikey, I enjoyed this match. I'm excited to see more of this. How about yourself? What do you make of the match? What do you make of Kenta? What do you make of this new fucking promotion opening up? Is this Mm -hmm. what I called fucking weeks ago? can't remember, yeah, it's just been all that much of a blur. But I'm having a good time, I'm fucking loving this, mate. I am excited. What did you make of the match, Mikey? You got any predictions that you're wanting to throw out there for the future? So I think
0: this match was fucking brilliant. And Ray Phoenix was the MVP of this match, which I wouldn't have called. I honestly thought this was going to be a showcase for Pac. Uh, I thought Kenny was going to carry on as kind of being a cunt get the good brothers to do most of his work, come in with a big move now and again, but I thought Pac was going to really, really make this match what it was. Phoenix made it, though. He was the MVP. I've got so many spots about Phoenix. There was a moment where Kenny gets tagged in, Pac gets the hot tag on Phoenix, Phoenix jumps through the ropes somehow, like swings in through the ropes, bounces up into like a really tight hurrican on Kenny, and it looked fucking amazing. It honestly looks like he's doing fucking combo moves in like a Street Fighter game. He just smoothly transitioning to stuff. I don't know how. I don't know how he gets his opponents to know what he's gonna do if he because if he calls spots, he calls them fucking quiet or he calls them in Spanish. Who knows? <clears throat> but it's phenomenal. There's another point. You've got the the where they both did moonsaults at the same time off the top ropes to the outside. But there was a point near the start of the match where Phoenix and Pac did back-to-back standing moonsaults. And I was interested to see. I was like, oh, because whoever did theirs first, I was like, that was so smooth. I think Phoenix hit his first, and I was like, that was so smooth. I wonder if Pac's going to be any icer. And it was identical. I'm like, these guys are fucking at the pinnacle of their craft. They're just fucking brilliant. There's another point where Phoenix did a moonsault, into a backwards rolling thunder and then sprung up and did a cutter on a, on Kenny and it just reminds me every time I see that I'm like this is why I love Lucha Libre this is why I love Lucha Underground this is why I love the fucking Lucha Brothers and it's, this is why I love Death Triangle it's fucking amazing uh another moment Kenny did like an elevated snapdragon duplex on Phoenix from the top rope and it looked fucking nasty all the spots I've got Almost every single one is about Phoenix. That's how much he was integral to this match. Here's one that didn't have him. Uh, Doc Gallows hit a massive super kick on Pac and he sold it like a fucking wet envelope. He just crumpled. And um, that's what I love about Pac. His selling is phenomenal. He'll make anything you do look superhuman. But to the point where you've hit him so superhuman, but he makes it look like. You would actually react like that if you got hit. He acts like he's been hit by a bullet. Phoenix was involved in the end. He was the one who took the magic killer. But I don't think that made him look weak because he was so good in this match. So, excellent match. Excellent finish. Um, Then you obviously get your big full Stramash at the end. All Stramash wrestling. Moxley getting cunted by Kenta. Kenta hits him with a go to sleep and I fucking popped for the go to sleep. I've not seen it in so long. And Moxley sold it like he's got a hinge in his back. He kind of, like, hit it, flopped forward and flopped back so violently. It was hilarious. He, He just looked like... And at this point, the only question I've got is, do Kenta and Moxley, are they just swapping passports with each other and just putting each other's fucking face on their passports? How the fuck are they getting from Japan to America to Japan to America and not getting tested? I mean, they'll be getting tested, but... Do you know what I mean? Not having to isolate. How the fuck are they travelling this easy? I want to get a job with AEW. Anyway, incredible match. Really fun. Pleasure to watch. Oh my god, fight forever.
1: Next week's AEW, they don't have too much announced so far. We've got the TNT title match, which is Joey Janela and Darby Allin with Sting on a one-on-one match, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got to be Darby Allin for this, isn't yeah. it? You don't give him the title, you don't give him this big story, then just randomly announce Joey Janela's your number one contender, you're fighting him next week to give Joey Janela the win. Nothing against Joey Janela, the bad boy, I do love him. It just doesn't make any sense to me, why would you do it? So, yep, Darby Allen. what are you saying, Mikey? It's got to be Darby. It's gotta be but It can't be anyone else. We've also got Chris Jericho and MJF versus the Acclaimed. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Jericho and MJF. But just for the sake of going against the grain, I'll say the Acclaimed, nice. and I'll say it's fucking salty Sammy getting involved. Who do you think? I'm not even going to ask you who you think's going to win because we know it'll be Jericho MJF. But who do you think will get the pin, Jericho or MJF?
0: Um, I think it's gotta be Jericho. No MGF, No Jericho. Jericho.
1: Yeah, Jericho. Also, a random match we've got is Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus pretty Peter Avalon Mm-mm. and Cesar Bononi. I think this is a false count anywhere match. And I think this is just got to be a screwy finish again. I love a screwy finish. AEW have a history of not doing screwy finishes which makes me think everyone's got to be a screwy finish. (laughs) So if if it's a false count anywhere, Jade Cargill will get involved, fuck up Cody Rhodes, and that'll give the pretty Peter Avalon a win. What are you saying, Mickey? Totally agree. Totally
0: agree. It's got to have an interruption from Shaq and Jade. Maybe just Jade, but yeah. I mean, Cody... But then again, Cody always books himself when these screwy things happen to still win. So maybe. Do you know what? I'm going to go against the grain. Cody still wins. Shenanigans,
1: Cody still wins. Cody always wins, lol. So that's us for another week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the support so far, Troops. We do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. If you want to get any more from me, I will be back on Tuesday the 9th. I'll be on Twitch at Randy Phil, And I'm just going to kick off with some fall guys. So catch me over there if you want to see are here anymore, and I think Mikey's announced that we will be doing a Royal Rumble coverage and road to WrestleMania, yep. also buzzing to be doing that, so buzzing. buzzing to be getting back on solid ground, and finally after what would it be about four weeks, yep. we can finally have a live show Mikey, can't wait, we'll probably be rusty as fuck, but it'll be fun, I'll enjoy it, you'll enjoy it. The people will enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks for putting this together, Mikey. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care and mind what you're doing. Thanks, Randy. Thanks very much. That's the end of the episode. You can find
0: us on Instagram at Snapdragon Duplex. We're on Twitter as well. I can't remember what the Twitter handle is. You'll find it. Just search for Snapdragon Duplex. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Castbox all of the fucking places that you want to listen to a podcast you already know because you're listening this is the end of the show next week, next episode the Royal Rumble and the Road to WrestleMania be there, it's going to be fucking great me and Randy live together for the first time in ages and I cannot wait to hear from the boy thanks a lot troops appreciate all the support peace and love until next time